All right, thanks for tuning in to Nats Weekly. I'm your host, D. Mack. On today's show, we got a lot to talk about. Only played four games so far this week. Cut the roster down. Juan Soto's back. And the struggles of Sean Doolittle. As always, you can follow me at Nats Weekly on Twitter. Hit us up at NatsWeekly at gmail.com if you want to send us any questions, comments, shoutouts. Or you can give us a call to our fan line at 305-809-6287. Enjoy the show. Alright, all that and more coming up. But first, let's talk about let's talk about one of our rivals. Let's talk about someone else in the NL East real quick. Let's talk about the Mets. Yoenis Cespedes. I want to talk about his situation. Not not because I want to talk about how... I do want to talk about how poorly it was handled. Especially from not only his standpoint, but also uh, the Mets management standpoint. Thank goodness we're not the New York Mets. It could have been handled so differently. There was a message sent out by the Mets on Sunday saying he hasn't shown up to the ballpark. They've tried to contact him. And your first thought as a fan, whether it's of the Nationals, of the Mets, of whoever, your first thought is, oh my gosh, is he okay? You think back to the Tyler Skaggs situation, Daryl Kyle. I mean, these situations where these people, they're not okay. And that's what... That's what the first thought was when we thought about when we heard about the UNS Cespedes news was oh my gosh he's not shown up to the ballpark. Hours later, the Mets then sent out a tweet saying oh we don't believe that his safe you know we believe he's safe we believe he's okay he's just not here. Handled very poorly in my opinion. You know I'll go back and I'll I'll think about the way that the Nats organization has handled things and they've handled things. Very class, very classy ways. Going from uh, Ryan Zimmerman opting out, Joe Ross opting out, all the all the players that opted out received nothing but support from Nats front office. Nothing but support. Last year in the playoffs, Daniel Hudson missed a game. First player ever to go on paternity leave during the playoffs. Got nothing but support. From Davey Martinez and Mike Rizzo. The organization was behind their players 100%. And I think that had a lot to do with the reason that he came back and signed with us. I think the Nationals are run Class A organization. I think definitely run better than whatever the, whatever the Mets are doing. <laughs> I mean, like I said, that situation was just... Could have been handled a lot differently. Could have been communicated to the public a lot differently. But with all that said, let's go ahead and move on and, and talk baseball. The Nats had to make a couple cuts this week. We had to go from 30, 30 man roster down to 28. James Burke got sent down to our alternate training site, which, you know, sounds weird. And, and I definitely want, I want to mention at least uh, Emilio Bonifacio. We, we went ahead and cut him. I think it was the right move. I think it's what we had to do. If you look back at the games that he played in, he really didn't do much. He, he got in as a pinch runner and got, got called out. or Really, he was safe, but then he overslid the bag in a situation where he stole third. I think he came in trying to do too much. I mean, you think about his situation. He hadn't been in the majors in a couple years. He was fighting. He knew he was fighting for a spot. He, he knew if he got cut, this could be his last chance. 
And I think he came in and he tried. To, he just tried to do too much. Not only that, but then we were able to sign Josh Harrison, which is basically Emilio Bonifacio 2.0, a better version of him. And he can play the infield, he can play the outfield, and that made made Bonifacio expendable. And, and you know, like I said, it's a move we had to make. You feel for the guy because his, his major league career is probably over at this point. You... You'd be very surprised. I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe the Marlins could pick him up. They're definitely in need of in need of some players. The Cardinals, they're in you know, with everything going on with their COVID situation. Maybe he gets another opportunity somewhere. I don't know. But obviously he was he was fighting for his his career in those moments and I think he was he was you could tell he was trying too hard. The roster is set at twenty eight for the rest of the year, which is a good thing. I think you need those extra players, especially if you're gonna be playing a lot of these Seven inning double headers. I know the Nats have one coming up not too, not too far from now. So good decision by Major League Baseball to keep it at 28, and and our cuts were made. And I'm sure we're gonna have a lot of changes on our roster as the as the we go through these games. Whether it's injuries, whether it's bringing up hot players, a lot of changes. All right, moving on from that. All right, this is my this is my call to you, call to the fans. You know, I, I started this podcast not for me to be able to voice my opinion. You know, yes, I do have the luxury to do that, but I really started it because I wanted to be a podcast of the fans. I want you guys to have that opportunity to speak out, give us your thoughts, give us your opinion, ask your questions, all that and more. All you got to do is call into the show, 305-809-6287. That's 305-809-NATS. Call in. Leave your message. If it gets played on the podcast, you'll have the opportunity to win some some free Nats gear. You know, I, I call in. This this show's about you. This show's about getting your opinion out there, being heard by you, the fan, and that's why the show's being created. So, don't be afraid to call in. You can get you know your your social media handles out there if you want to. If you're trying to you know up your followers, if you want to put your Twitter handle or your Instagram on it and and try and up your social media game, you're more than welcome to. You know, like I said, this is your show with for your opinions, your thoughts, your questions. Don't be afraid to call in, all right? So 305-809-6287. Give us a call. What happened? What the hell happened? Give me the recap. All right, here it is. You know, we had four days off after the Marlins series was postponed. Those we made up at a later date, but New York came into town for a two-game set. We split with them. We won on Tuesday, five to three. Patrick Corbin pitched really well. Uh, Daniel Hudson came in and got the save. Thursday, I'm sorry, that was Tuesday, and then Wednesday. You know, we we kind of our offense showed some holes. Juan Soto finally returned. You know, he 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 didn't play on Tuesday. He ended up playing on Wednesday. He he hit the ball well. And you kind of thought we were set up for good things, but our offense kind of stalled. It was Soto and nobody else on on Wednesday. We lost that one 3-1. We made Rick Porcello look like uh, the former Cy Young winner that he is. You know, we had another off day Thursday. Had two against the Orioles. Friday, uh, let's just pretend didn't happen. You know, we came out, we put a big zero on the board. So, you know, two games, a total of one run. We scored zero runs. We lost 11-0. And then... Saturday's game, we had a 3-0 lead going to the 8th inning. Ended up giving up a 5 spot in the 8th. Lost 5-3. Definitely not uh, 
not we were wanting what we were wanting for the week. When you're facing the Orioles, when you're facing a, a down Mets team, you got to win those games. Those are those were winnable games, and and you know besides the eleven to zero game, there were games that we were in that that we were we had the opportunity to win, and we just couldn't do it. As far as the week goes, we had home runs this week from let's see, Howie Kendrick hit one, Juan Soto hit one, and Josh Harrison hit one. So in three games, we had three home runs. No, I'm sorry, four games, three home runs. We're missing that right now. We need Eric Thames to kind of step up and, and be a power bat, which he's not right now, but that's what we need. Tanner Rainey continued to pitch well. He's been a very bright spot out of the bullpen. Sean Doolittle continued to struggle. Looked very bad. Gave up two gave up back to back home runs against the Orioles on, on Saturday. All right, with all that said, you know, Juan Soto was back this week. He didn't play Tuesday. They kind of wanted to give him another day to get his legs underneath him. Came back Wednesday, played in three games. Went four for 11. You know, hit a double, hit a home run. Kind of what you expected, kind of what you wanted. Definitely excited to have him back. He he did make a great defensive play also on Wednesday, and it was kind of scary too because he rolled over his shoulder. He got up wincing and... It was the same game that Max Scherzer was removed from. The same game, so you were already nervous. And then he turned around and made the diving catch, rolled up on his shoulder, didn't look good, but was able to stay in the game, hit the ball well the rest of the week. You know, he seems to be fine as far as injuries. Definitely what we need. Now we just got to find a way to wake some bats up around him. I can tell you right now, Juan Soto can't do it alone. He can't. He needs some help. You know, I know I know Howie Kendrick's not going to be the Howie Kendrick from last year. And, and if you're expecting that, then you need to kind of temper your expectations. He hit really, really well last year with limited games, limited at-bats. And although, as a whole, they're going to be limited this year, he's not going to have as many rest days. You know, he, he started off playing probably once every three games. Now he's resting once every five games. You know, doing the exact opposite. So... You know, you need some help around Juan Soto. It's definitely good to have him back. Definitely glad to see him moving around and playing. Hopefully we don't have any uh, any other injury scares or or COVID scares or, or anything like that. You know, not only with him, but with, with the other main parts of our team. All right, so with that said, you know, Max Scherzer is, you know, like I said, he did leave that start early. As of right now, you know, they called it a hamstring issue. A little tightness. I think he's kind of kind of getting up there in age to where he gets a lot of these soft tissue injuries. He's still scheduled to make his next start against the Mets and and hopefully he'll be able to, you know, pitch pitch his normal normal outing. As happy as we are about, you know, Soto being back and hoping that that Scherzer's hamstring isn't that big an issue, we do got to talk about what is an issue right now. And you know, Sean Doolittle is definitely going to be a a place to start with that bullpen. He's struggling. There, there's no way around it. He's definitely struggling. After Saturday's outing in which he pitched a third of an inning, came in with a 3-0 lead, gave up a two straight solo home runs before finally getting getting an out before he was pulled, you're definitely concerned about Sean Doolittle right now. His velocity's down. He's not hitting his spots. 
his fastball, which has always been his swing and miss pitch, he's not getting the swing and misses that he needs. He was pretty much the only guy out of the pen for the first three months. They they put him on, you know, they gave him a DL stint, which I think was really just to give him a, in reality, it was given just to rest his arm a little bit. And after he came off that DL, he pitched well. September pitched well in the postseason. But right now he's pitched in four games. Four games. He has not, he has been pulled in the middle of the inning in three of them. Two-thirds inning pitched. Two-thirds inning pitched. One-third inning pitched. One-third inning pitched. Four games, two total innings. He's given up four runs. He hasn't pitched well. Now, we want him to. I think there's still a chance that he could. But the problem is, he's one of only two left-handers. And if you don't have a left-hander who you can bring into a high-leverage situation, then I think you're really hurting. Right now, Sean Doolittle cannot be brought into a high-leverage situation. You can't trust him right now. Now, do I think we go and we cut him or something? No, absolutely not. He's done way too much for this team. He still has so much potential. Is fastball ever going to get back up to the 95 it was? You know, the 95 mile per hour it was, you know, four years ago? No, it's not. But I think he's smart enough that he can start. He needs to develop his his off-speed pitches a little more. Because that's where he's going to be. That's where... That's where he needs to, to throw the ball if that's if he's gonna continue to be a be a part of major leagues. With his velocity being down, I mean, I want to say Saturday was as low as eighty nine. If it's gonna be in that eighty nine range, then then we're in trouble. He can survive at ninety two, ninety three. But right now he's not consistently there. You know, I think I think Davey Martinez kinda kinda sees that too. If we're gonna be successful, we need Sean Doolittle to be successful. I think over the next week or two, he's either going to have another phantom DL stint or IL stint, or he's going to be put in blowout games, which means we need to blow some teams out to get him some work. You know, five-run leads where if he does give up a run or two, we're still okay. I think at this point, I'm not comfortable. I know, I don't think the Nationals management is comfortable with him pitching in high-leverage situations. You know, if he's got to work, work with the pitching coach, work, you know, work with whoever to get his mechanics going, he needs to do that. He needs to find, find the right thing that's going to get him to be successful. I don't know what it is. I don't know if Davey Martinez know what it is. Sean Doolittle might know what it is, and he just needs to figure it out. I think we're all rooting for him. I think, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of negativity, you know, out there in social media world, but that's not real world. You know, people people find it pretty easy to put a lot of negative things out there on, on social media about people when they have a bad game or two. But I think, in reality, most Nats fans want to see him succeed. And they know they need him to succeed if we're going to be successful as a team. Well, let's talk about playoffs. Let's talk about the season as a whole right now. 4-7, and seven, we're in last place in the NL East, which is definitely not where we want to be. But with the playoffs being expanded to 16 teams eight teams per league by all means no one's really out of it till a week before or something like that you know I mean based on what I'm looking at right now the eight team is the Philadelphia Phillies we're a game and a half behind them they're four and four so we're a game and a half behind them I don't think it's hard 
for this Nationals team to be 500. Based on what I looked at as far as last couple years, the, where the 8th place team has been, my projections have us, we need to win 31 games. We need to be 31 and 29. 31 and 29 makes the playoffs. I think if you make the playoffs with this team and you're healthy, Scherzer, Strasburg, Corbin can carry us in the playoffs. But we got to make sure we get there. Four and seven is not going to get us there. And I, I think without a doubt, we, we have time to turn it around. It's not as much of a sprint as we thought it was going to be. I mean, it is for teams like the Marlins, who are leading the division right now at seven and two. You know, seven and two. They've only played nine games. Not expected to be very good. There's going to be some kind of correction. If we're looking at a 31-win team as making the playoffs, they can go below 500 for the rest of the year and they'll still make it. Do I think that's going to happen? Yeah, I think they're going to go below 500. Do I think they'll be one of the top eight teams? No. Now, there could be a surprise team or two in there, but I don't think the Marlins, Marlins is that team right now. Obviously, losing all those players. Right now, they got a ton of players on the, the COVID list. I think 17. I see. I don't see the Marlins as a threat. I obviously see us able to jump the Mets. We we could should, based on the talent we have on our pitching staff alone, we should win the division. But with the start we've had, I don't know if that's going to happen. And with how poorly our offense has played, if that doesn't turn around fast, if Strasburg doesn't show he's healthy, if Scherzer doesn't show he's healthy, then I think it's going to be going to be a tough tough road to get to the, the division win. And in reality. Winning the division doesn't really guarantee much. You know, what is home field advantage? It has nothing to do with fans now. Home field advantage just means you hit last. That's all. You know, the, the wild card round is going to be three games. All at, all at the team with the better record. All at their, their stadium. What does that mean? It, it doesn't mean much. You know, do you want it? Sure. I think the Nats right now, I think their goal is to make the tournament. If they make the playoffs, they're a scary team. Is it is it a shoe in that they make it? No, it's not. Should they make it? Yeah, absolutely. You know, eight of the fifteen teams, eight of fifteen teams are making the playoffs. That's over half, and the Nats are definitely in that top half. They just got to find a way to start playing like it. All right, upcoming schedule: we got Baltimore again. Finish off the series with Baltimore today. Then we got the Mets for four. We start our road trip. First 10-day road trip of the year. We got the Mets for four. Then we see Baltimore three more times next weekend. Our goal for these seven games, let's go four and three. That should be our goal. If we go four and three each week, we'll be fine. We've already had a three-game losing streak. We can't continue to have that. It's our second three-game losing streak of the year already, and the season just started. We need to have a good three- or four-game winning streak to help kind of help kind of push back against those losing streaks. We're too good a team to have these. Hopefully Strasburg, we get Strasburg back today, which is, again, great news. How far is he going to go? I don't know. I, I would be surprised if he went five innings. His bullpen session was only about 35 pitches, 40 pitches. I'd be very surprised if he went, he went, if he went five innings or, or definitely not going longer than that, which means you're going to need the bullpen to step up, the offense to step up, and then we start this 10-day 10, 10 road trip, 10 games in 10 days. We're going to New York, going to Baltimore, going to Atlanta. I think these next three games are going to kind of tell us where the season's going to go. We got Strasburg on the mound today, Corbin going tomorrow against the Mets, and Scherzer going Tuesday against the Mets. 
we can find a way to go three and zero, that puts us back at five hundred. That should be our goal. Let's go. Let's go one and zero, one and zero today, one and zero tomorrow, one and zero Tuesday. We have the talent. We definitely have the pitching. Just need the offense to catch up and the bullpen to not explode. And that's going to be it for our show this week. Remember, new shows drop every Sunday. If you need to get in contact with us, you can always email us at natsweekly at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at natsweekly. Or if you want to call into the show, remember the number is 305-809-NATS. That's 305-809-6287. I'm your host, D-Max, signing off. Go Nats.